When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's time to Take Command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That's Logan Paulson. And with us today, Logan, he's our number one number one guy. When we started this podcast, we said, who's, who's the guy that we want to have on? Of course. I you said Sam couldn't join. <laughs> You know, that was a scheduling issue. If we want to hang Sam Fortier and be like, hey, man, what, what, you, you left us. You killed us. No, Sam had a project he's working on. And uh, we had put out on Twitter that Sam was going to join the show. And our plan was to have John Kime on Thursday. And instead, here's ESPN's John Kime with us today. Yeah. We will have Sam on Thursday. But we are so psyched to have you, John. Um, someone who, you know, for me, I can say for me personally meant everything to my ability to do the job on the beat when I was on it. Um, a guy that I still have so much respect for and love talking to Logan. I know you guys talk and, um, before we dive into the substance of the team now, Logan, what do you remember from John as a reporter when you were a player? Well, I think John came over to my house recently and my wife told him pretty much we gushed over John because John is a guy you could talk to like when the microphone was off and, um, he, you, he, you had, you, he had my trust always, you know what I'm saying? And he never abused my trust. And it's something that, um, you know, now being on this side of the veil a little bit, I always try to remember is like John's example for just being honest mm-hmm. and just being totally with it. And he's a guy who loves football and loves the team and that comes across and it was easy to talk to him. And it's a guy that I've always, again, like, you know, Craig was joking about, uh, you know, having, having you on the show, John, but like, it was something that we've always been talking about. And a big reason was because I've always trusted your content. And I've always trusted well, how you, you handle information. So, again, like really stoked. And that's my memory of him. That's my wife's memory of him. Everyone who played for uh, played when John was on the beat, that's how they remember him. So feel really lucky to have you here and not be on your show, well, which I'm on all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but I appreciate it. And that, now that we got you all softened up, let's beat you up for content. Let's do it. <laughs> like, man, I, I, I think, you know what, it's probably better for me just to say goodbye right now because nothing's going to happen. I can't do anything that's going to help. So. Right. so next time, Logan, make notes. Uh, this is only our 10th episode, but in the future, save compliments for, for the end. Okay. That's a good. Well, I mean, you asked how it was, and I was just being honest. You know what I mean? So, no, that's yeah. great. That's what people come for, the honesty. Okay, so here's what we got on the show today in terms of actual substance about the commanders. Mandatory minicamp starts tomorrow. Uh, it's scheduled to go through Thursday. Typically, Thursday winds up getting wiped away. So we probably got two days of mandatory practice for everyone involved in the team. It's mandatory, but the number one story going in is that Terry McLaurin is 
unlikely to show up. It has been reported by John and others that he is not coming to mandatory minicamp as he awaits his contract. We also are waiting to see what happens with Deron Payne and Montez Sweat. Uh, we are waiting to see if Chase Young continues to show up like he has in the last couple of voluntary sessions uh, or if he's you know got permission or not and is just out in Colorado with his rehab. So we have those kind of four big names to talk about. Then we will get into what we saw so far. Obviously, we did some pretty significant recaps last week, uh, but wh- how, what we're looking to see in this mandatory minicamp, and then we have a couple of mailbag questions that I thought were good. If we don't cover them organically along the way, we will tackle those at the end. So with that said, let's dive into Terry. John, what is the latest, as far as you understand it, on these contract negotiations, and what is his, the significance if he does not come to this minicamp? Well, first of all, he's not coming. So I'd be shocked if he. I'd be I'd be shocked if he does show up because something would have to dramatically change for that to happen. So the significance is, I think it's indicative of where the negotiations are at right now. So is it in and of itself? Is it bad that he's not there? Well, you know, as a player, Terry's always a prepared guy, right? Logan has talked about this too, like Deshaun Jackson. When he was here and he would miss the voluntary stuff, I don't remember players ever freaking out about it like fans might because they knew, like, the guy shows up and produces. He knows the offense. He knows this. He's going to show up and produce. Terry's going to show up and produce. So that part, I think guys understand what's going on. But I think because it's a mandatory situation and because the contract situation, I think it is significant. I think it's an indication of where it's at in the negotiations. And I think all along... From January on, like what you'd hear is, okay, spring, summer, similar to John Allen, the timetable, get it done, blah, blah, blah. We're here. Mm. Right. I think this things, the things have changed with this receiver market. And yep. I think that's why this is significant. Like, where are they at with their assessment of this market? And it seems like the sides are maybe a little apart on that, on the assessment of the market. And, and John, like, what is the advantage of him missing minicamp does it do something like I never really understood why it was so important I understand the team wants you there and it's kind of like a little this weird power move but you know is, is he getting something out of not coming that maybe like I never understood or the fans might not understand as far as like from a negotiation standpoint yeah yeah does it help him ink a long-term deal by him not coming because I never understood that I never understood the benefit of not coming yeah that's a good question and I think I would just have to say that I think what it does is it lets it certainly lets the fan base know where things are at. Mm. The fan base wants this guy back. The right. fan base will revolt. So is this is this available leverage for Terry's side to say, listen, one of the advantages that we have is your importance to this team and this fan base. And so if fans start to freak out a little mm. bit, does that prompt these guys to say, you got to get this done now or let's get this – I don't know that it's going to change that for them necessarily because I think they value, they certainly understand his importance to the organization and the fan base, but does this hammer that home? And, you know, Terry McLaurin is a different guy. You know, this is not, he, he believes in being a leader. He understands Mm -hmm. his importance and what he means to the team. He's not arrogant about it, but he knows he understands it. And so I think when a guy like that does something like this, then you then I think it makes it oh okay there you know what's going on here, and it forces people to look into the situation a little bit harder, and you know so yeah I think there is some significance to it. 
and, and like this is something I go back and forth on in my own mind. Like, how important or not important is it to sign Terry to a long-term deal? Like, from this team's perspective, and maybe you could talk about it from the fans' perspective also. Um, they probably have to build two or three more Sean Taylor statues if they let him go. I see. You know, yeah. because <laughs> like they're going to have to. You know, you. I think. I think from a PR standpoint with all the stuff that's going on with his franchise, you need to get something done with him Mm. because of his importance to being in that room. And I don't think I would spend a ton on a lot of receivers Mm -hmm. because you can find them in the draft. They've been more plentiful lately. Although it's funny, it's funny, Logan, because I was talking to somebody in the league about this yesterday and his comment was you either overspend on one or you overdraft one. <laughs> and so he's like, it's one or the other. You're going to overspend or overdraft. So with Terry, though, I think there's some guys that I go a little bit above. Tariq Hill, Devontae Adams, massive playmakers, transcend their position a little bit. Right. Terry's importance is what he means to this franchise. Mm. And, you know, just from, from the whole culture standpoint, but also what he means in the room, what he means to the fan base. And I you don't want to let him get away. So I think it's important. I definitely think it's important to sign him. But I also like, you know, if, if Jahan Dotson comes through, I think that Jahan Dotson is better with Terry McLaurin next to him. Mm, yeah. You know, I think I think Curtis Samuel is better with those two next to him. So I think it is definitely important. And I, you know, I also think, Logan, that his importance may be more here than it would be somewhere else. So mm. he might, like, I think both sides may may be more valuable to each other, whereas some other guys, Tyreek Hill is going to be valuable no matter where he goes because it's a strictly about on-field playmaking. If Terry McLaurin goes to the New York Jets, is he going to be viewed the same way as he is by this fan base? No, he's not. I don't think so. I think he'd be viewed as a really good receiver, but it's the entire package with Terry here right. that matters a lot. That's, that's why I think you need to get this done. Yeah, there's almost a tax to the fact that it's Washington and with everything that this organization is going through and continuing going through has gone through, you have a guy that does everything right. And and I also think that when you look at trying to bring other people to this franchise, free agents and obviously priority free agents, especially like how you treat your players matters. And if Terry McLaren comes in and does everything right, produces at a high level, despite the quarterback play is a leader is showing up for everything until this very contract negotiation. And you let that guy walk or you lowball him. And it comes out that you're offering him 5 million a year less than he thinks he deserves. And then he ultimately, he, especially if you were to get it somewhere else, like good luck recruiting anybody else. Like if you think the tax is high for Terry McLaren, wait till you see what you got to pay the next guy. And I think there's that element too, of just there's so much value in having a steady ship and this ship is anything but steady right now for a variety of reasons and terry mclaren is a guy who can grab the wheel and be like hey i know where we're supposed to sail right no i think that's a hundred percent right and logan i'd be curious from your end too if if you're a player in that locker room and you know you know your contract's coming up and you see what's going on with terry does it impact you in any way? Yeah, that's a good question. I just got in a big fight with somebody at work about this. And I think I think on right. some level it does, yes. But I think, you know, as I went on in my career, you know, um, especially the last four or five years kind of kicking around the league, you understand, you get this understanding that you are 
you're just a commodity, really. You know what I'm saying? And like you mentioned some of the things that make Terry a valuable commodity here that might not make him necessarily valuable somewhere else. And it's about what the team perceives your value to be versus what you as a player seem to seem to perceive your value to be. <clears throat> and I think one of the interesting things about that dynamic is that players often overvalue themselves and it gets be- and it becomes like this kind of this this insulting kind of environment where you're like, oh they're not giving me what I want. But as as far as I'm concerned, like that's when I was playing specifically, like obviously you wanted good guys to get re-signed, you wanted good guys to get rewarded. But the longer I was around, the more I realized that's not always how it played out. You know, like it's just, and maybe I'm jaded, maybe I'm old, maybe my my path was different than a lot of other people's, but that was something that I um, I had a really hard time with, you know, like as I got on, you know what I mean? In terms of, yeah, like I think Terry's a good football player, but if I'm on that, if I'm in that locker room right now and I have a ton of respect for Terry, like I'm not surprised if he doesn't sign just because of what I know about the wide receiver market. Right. And I think that's, that's the thing that makes this so challenging for him you know and and again maybe some of the younger guys feel differently maybe some of the younger guys have the same sentiment as what craig said but again like jaded old old dog out here like i'm kind of like well get what you can terry and hopefully it's what what fits you and is what's best for you and your family you know right i think i think the key would be is how they you know if you can't get a deal done that's one thing but if you're like seeing things dramatically different to me that's another right because then it's like well how do you value your own and, yeah. you know, the one thing I wonder, too, is yeah. they didn't draft Terry. They did not draft Terry. So they understand his importance here. But this was, he was from a different regime. And I don't think they're holding that against him at all. But I do think if it's one of your guys that you drafted, you tend to be a little bit more aggressive trying to keep them because you want to show that. But I don't think that's the case here. I think they understand well, very well what Terry means. Um, I do wonder... Like this market has changed so dramatically over the last few months. Have have how much has each side altered yeah. their view of the market and where he sits in there? I think that's that's one of the things I think that could be at play here. So that actually leads to an interesting question for me of like what like what has actually happened in this negotiation? Because there hasn't been any numbers that have leaked out as far as I can, or as far as I've seen, you know, if I miss something, I miss something, but there hasn't been like a, Oh, well, Washington offered X McLaren and his agent counter with Y they are this far apart. And that's, that's ultimately probably a good thing for the, the end negotiation. You never want to be negotiating in public that, that tends to get feelings hurt and, and wind up bringing in factors that don't really matter in terms of getting to a number. But as this market has continued to rise, like that is relevant information, obviously for them on, on the back end of things. And sure. it's something that I've been saying uh, since before we even started this podcast, 10 episodes ago of like, I don't know if you're Washington, why you'd wait because all that happens is the market that goes up yet. They consistently, we saw this with John Allen most recently last year, like waiting is their MO. So do we have any idea where they are or are both sides just kind of standing there waiting for the other one to make an offer? Like, do we actually have any deeper understanding of how close or not they are? Well, they've definitely talked. And I think the indication of how close they are is determined by Terry not showing up. I think if they're close, if you're close, he's not skipping. Guys don't skip in that situation, right? You skip when you Mm. want to make a statement about a situation. So that should tell you all you need to know, like whatever numbers you hear. I also think that the hard part with it, receivers are so, it's funny because with Terry, we know he hasn't like, is he as good as an A.J. Brown? Most people might say no, but 
is he more available yeah. than AJ Brown? Right. And so like, then there's mm, value yeah. in the fact that you play more. So, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like AJ Brown missed games with Tennessee or missed snaps with Tennessee more than yeah. McLaurin missed in Washington. So what's the value on that? So does that like, you know, if people think that AJ Brown is a little bit better and, you know, again, I mean, I think, Again, most people that I've talked to would say that, but whatever. But then Terry hasn't played with really good quarterbacks either. So, you know, I just, I remember going back to his rookie year. Craig, like those, we saw these games, like those first five, six, seven games, he should have been over 100 yards five times. And it wasn't even like, it wasn't even this like, oh, he's running down the right side and they didn't see him. It's, no, he's wide open. And you overthrew him by 10 yards. It's a 70-yard touchdown. You know what I mean? Like, we saw that We saw that a number of times where he's open in the pro- in seemingly in the progression and either missed or not thrown to, whatever. But, like, he was open that much. So he could be working on three 1,000-yard seasons. When you look at the quarterbacks he's played with, it's pretty damn impressive. So, you know, whereas opposed to some other guys, like, okay, you know, you, you've been with, Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, still like I'm Devontae Adams and Tariq Hill are different levels, right? But you know, it, it, it's it's been there is a um, part of Terry's game where it's like you all everybody wants to see like what could he do with a better quarterback. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's funny, though, because you said, um, you know, oh, is he better than A.J. Brown? You know, Brown's had better quarterbacks. And it's like he played with Ryan Tannehill, who, like, was right, pretty right, good in right. Tennessee. But it's not like he, you're talking about an all-pro, like, one of the best in football. He's not Brady. Right. Yeah. It, so it is kind of crazy that McLaren has had almost three 1,000-yard seasons with the quarterbacks that he's had. Yeah. All right, uh, last thing on McLaren. Let's 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 make predictions uh, because that always winds up going really, really well. Uh, what gets done here? Like, week one of the season, Terry McLaren is playing, not playing. So I guess we'll throw holdout or not in, in there. And is he if he is playing, is he playing out the final year of his deal or is he on a new contract? John, you can go first. Thank you. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say they get something done. I'm going to, I've been, I think my optimism level was about an eight a couple weeks ago. I'd say right now it's down to a seven. Um, because I still think it may, I still think that they're going to come to the point where like, you got to get this done. If you, if you value this guy and you want him here, you've got to get it done. Otherwise then you make a move. And, you know, like with um, with A.J. Brown, I think the, the Titans realize, yeah, you could bring him back, but then what kind of, who are you bringing back? Like, I don't think it, Terry would let it affect him. That's not who he is. But you know how it is. Like, you don't, you want guys in there who, who want to be there, who are part of that future. Um, and it, are you worried about anything? And, you know, do you get more value if you just said, we're, we're going to move him now? I don't think it'll get to that point. I've got to believe if they really do want, if they really do value him, you find a way to get this done. 
before or early in training camp. Like I'm going to hold it out right now, but like I said, I've gone from an eight to a seven, but seven is still 70% chance, right? So I'm going to stick with that for right now. Logan? Yeah, I mean, I would defer to John here because John's John's the guy that I would ask this question to. I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I I get nervous about it, quite honestly. The more I kind of get – I was very optimistic it was going to get done, and I still think it's going to get done. But, like, I look at kind of what this team values. They, they probably want to extend some of these defensive linemen. How much money can they afford to have Terry tied up with, especially if Carson Wentz plays well? And, again, like, those questions start adding up. You know, how do they see Terry in terms of play on the field? Like, is he um, – you know, is he like a, a two? Is he a one in their eyes? Like, and those those questions are becoming more and more prevalent in my mind the longer this goes on. So I think you know I, I would defer to John here 100. percent But I'm getting as this pushes out, I'm getting a little bit less optimistic because I just because the thing you guys mentioned AJ Brown, but the thing that I keep going back to is that Christian Kirk deal, and he is way better than yeah. Christian Kirk. Yeah. You know, and Christian Kirk's Correct. getting like yeah. 20 million a year or 18 and a half million a year, whatever it is. And so like that's the minimum. And like, does this team? Can they afford to do that with him, given the people that they probably want to extend moving forward? Um, that seems fair, 18 and a half. But again, like you want, you want more if you're Terry because your production's been way better. So to me, that's, that's, the, that's the issue. Is like, that's, all that, that's starting to become a huge sum of money. And you've got guys that I know you want to extend. You know, that D-line is specifically coming to mind. And can you do it with Terry on like cl- something close to a Supermax contract? And... My, my answer is I don't know. So I'm going to say I'm probably a little bit less, pes- a little bit more pessimistic than John. I'm going to say six and a half. But again, I'm right there with John because I, I would, I would ask John this question. I would defer to John 100. percent Well, and if I can just follow up one thing too, and I'm with, I'm with you in that. Like, you know, I debated going down to a six, but I, you know, I part of me just is like I can't believe they would not get it done because all I kept hearing is that right. they that they were very optimistic, um, and. I think the other factor is that cap is going to go up quite a bit over the next couple of years. Mm. They're, they're, they're through that COVID penalty year. Like, you know what I mean? In terms of like what they lost from revenue and all that, that it's going to go way up. So what looks really, really exorbitant now in two years might not, depending on where the cap, if if the cap goes where they think it is. So that's another part of that too. So, but I, you know, I still like, like I said, I think they'll get it done. And I, part of me just like, I can't believe they wouldn't because I I think they understand what he means here. And I know, I don't think you can just keep guys or get rid of guys because of fan sentiment, but I think you have to understand with all the stuff that's gone on here. Do you really want, do you want to take that hit? Because if you do that, you better win a lot of games this year. Right. Right. And look, if Dotson plays well and they win and Terry's not here, then they'll be like, ah, well, look, they knew what they were doing. But I'll say this, like I'm Logan. I agree. Like if there's if there's someone I trust on this, it's John. He's the person (laughs) I would ask. And I hear him say seven out of ten. And but I also, John, I hear your reasoning and I I am dead on with you. Like the only reason I think this gets done is because things like this almost always get done. Mm. And. I have zero faith in this front office. Uh, they have they have earned that. Uh, I have very little, like, when I say very little faith in Terry, um, that's actually a compliment. Like, I don't think he's going to bend or break in these negotiations. I think he does have a very unique understanding of his value um, in the ways that you described earlier. 
And I also think like he's a guy that cares about winning in a major way. And if he feels like this franchise isn't going in the right direction, like I that gives him even less incentive to sign on to it long term. And if they're not going to pay him exactly what he wants. And so I these things get done. That is typically how they work because at the end of the day, he's gonna go from making like a couple mil to potentially twenty million dollars. And that's just too much money to pass up. And that's why these things get done. Well, it'll be more than twenty. <laughs> it'll be more than 20 it, it has like it's got to be it's it's got to be close to what if you know my guess is if you know again if aj brown's getting 25 you know i think it's 23 be 23 right and a half something like that 20 23 you think he's 25 golly that they say like and i don't know that no I, sure. that, that makes sense yeah but i know that it's going to be north of 20 yeah, which is a lot of money. So, well, 20-something, right? You're going to go from from never making over a million before this year. He is making a couple million. I think it's like 3-something in the final year of this deal, this rookie deal. But you're going to go from that to 23, 25, whatever it is. That's why these deals get done. But I do not have the faith in this front office to get this it's, done. So I'm relying completely on history. I, I, I'm with you on that. And I think they've got to prove that they can get it done. And like, it's weird. It must be weird, like, Logan, what was it like when you signed that $20 million check? <laughs> so get this. So when I signed my deal, my, my, my limited extension here, which was like three years, uh, like the base there was like, I want a million and a half, you know, or two million or something like that as a signing bonus. And, you know, and then they were like, well, we'll give you a million. And I remember I went to my, my dad and I went to my father-in-law and we were talking about it. And my dad basically looked at me and said, like, just so you know, it took me like I was like 55 years old before I had a million dollars in the bank account. And I was like, well, you know, to Craig's point, like, well, you know, that's like life changing money for my family. So, like, I'm not going to, like, blow this up over, you know, $500,000. I want that money in my account. So, again, like to Craig's point, like when people show you a big check, it's like and it's right there on the table. You're like, well, you know. Man, yeah, ego's not that big. I can I can take twenty three. I can make, I can be happy with that. Like it's like uh, I heard this story. I was in uh, um, Atlanta, and the GM there was the GM in New England when Tom Brady was signing his extension, and they were arguing over same type of thing. It was like seventeen, and they wanted to give him fifteen. And eventually, Tom ended up coming to the office and was like, "If I can't be happy with fifteen million dollars, like there's something wrong with my lifestyle at this point." And I think ultimately, that's like this is a lot of money. People who haven't a lot of money, and it. it and, Hopefully, it's cooler heads prevail, and they're not, you know, slighted by this other thing. So, well, that's why, like, for you, that's a lot of that. Was, well, for for Logan, it was a lot of crystal at the club, man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we all know how Paulson rolls. <laughs> yeah, deep, deep on the crystal. Uh.